0: My name is Daniel Resnick, and this is the Getting Out of the Way Podcast, where we will be integrating the psychedelic experience. The way things are, and not the way we want them to be. Because who could want it to be any which way anyways? You have to be totally full of yourself to want it a certain way other than the way it is. You have to be completely selfish to think a thing that it's natural, should happen in a way that I expect it to be. And if not, I'm going to be disappointed. That's not harmony. That's complete disharmony. And if we live in disharmony, we create friction within, we create friction outside of ourselves, and then we get caught up in that narrative again of things aren't working my way. Why aren't things working my way? I, I, I recite every prayer. I pray to God every day, and it's not working my way. Who said Maybe that's the exact condition you need to wake up and to let all the bullshit go so you could experience it the way it is, the way it was designed for you, by you, for all the right reasons, so you can get free of this mental trap of thinking you know how the world is or how it should be. And you find yourself meditating. You find yourself liberated. You find yourself free. And it happens at a moment for a time. And we're like, holy shit, what was that? And then let me get back to my social. Let me get back to my job. Let me get back to this. And then we step away from it. It's foreign. It's uncomfortable sometimes. We don't know what it is. It was just a one-off. It was an accident. But the more and more we hit this flow, the more and more we sync up with kind of the harmony of things and the way it is, the more we foster those little moments. And we start to build leverage. And we start to find ourselves in that space of free will more and more and more. And as we start building up that leverage, we start to distance ourselves from the way it was, from the way we thought it should be, from that tight incarceration. And we find ourselves fostering liberation. And the more we can do that, the less and less we experience the other condition. And that's when this shift occurs. It could be noticeable, it could be subtle sometimes, But we find ourselves completely different, completely brand new on the opposite side of the equation. And then we recognize that, hey, it's not a moment. This is the way it is. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it was designed. I was just making a mess of things thinking it was the opposite or getting too caught up in my limitations, in my restrictions, in my mental narrative of how it should be, which was most likely passed down to me by somebody else who was completely unconscious. Because if they pass down to me something that I have to do, that strips away my free will, then they don't know a thing, do they? Because how could they want to take my free will away? When they recognize how powerful it is, that means they probably don't have it of their own. That means they're living in a tight environment. That means they were put in a cage, and they figure you belong in the cage with them. And so all we're talking about here is just a matter of perspective. We shift our perspective, we shift our consciousness, we shift our reality. And then the impossible becomes very possible because we realized that we were just telling ourselves all along it was impossible. And we started to believe our own narrative. But who said? Everyone that took our free will away? Everyone who is flexing their unconsciousness to try to get me to become conscious or self-aware? They're my teachers. You realize how absurd it is Just as soon as you can shift perspective, we slowly step away from the way we think things need to be in favor of just the way they are. I don't even have to do anything about it to experience the way it is, but I could drive myself crazy thinking it's this way or that way and trying to conform to that and fit into that and trying to drive to some certain outcome and trying to present myself in a certain way so you could see me in a certain way, even though I have no control over it anyway. I could say all the best words, but if you're feeling sideways today, you're not going to receive me. But that's on you. And every time I try to manipulate and manicure myself and force myself into some version of myself that I think someone else wants to see, I'm no longer free. I'm no longer spontaneous. I'm no longer in the flow. I'm no longer in harmony. And now I'm just breeding more unconsciousness. And we recognize that on a soul level, because as they say, 65% of communication is nonverbal. So we're picking up energetic vibes all day long, nonstop, and that has a higher quality than what our conscious mind is willing to even believe. So we're feeling someone's vibe before they even say a word. And if you're coming with a sense, or you're coming from a place of of desired outcome, then we're not going to vibe, because I see you're just trying to sell me something. I don't need to be sold right now. And that's why you have so much friction out there, because everybody's coming at one another with some intended outcome, like they know what's up. Most people don't know shit, and that's what they're selling us. Well, if I don't know shit, all I can tell you is not knowing shit. It's crazy. So yeah, man, it was just a shift in my perspective in approaching this whole process that allowed me to get a little bit more comfortable, and I recognize, well, that's a parallel to, to my whole life. It's a parallel to everybody I speak with. It's just about shifting perspective, you know, and the issue is that we just get, uh, we get so caught up in our mind and our mental narrative. And going back to unconsciousness, this is, this one's worth saying because in stepping into my role as a parent and kind of raising kids and even understanding what that means, somebody once told me, he said, the greatest gift you could give your child is presence. Not presence like the ones you unwrap, but presence, just being there with them. And I recognize that right away because my parents, I love them to death, but they were busy Living their trip, you know, and they come from the former Soviet Union. So for them, it was like, man, you didn't have free will. There was, it was just, it wasn't even a thing. And as a result of that, they were precluded from making money. So when they came over here in 79, it was again that red velvet rope, basically. So if they were precluded from being free and making money, they came here and they thought, well, game on. It's time to make money because I was kept from doing that. And I recognized that being my kind of limiting factor. So here I come, now I'm unlimited, and that means I can go out and make money because I think that's the most appropriate thing. So they were busy out there trying to make money. That's what they were about, to try to build a better life for me. But why did that line of just being present for your kids, why did that resonate with me? Because I recognized, well, they were doing what they thought was appropriate to create a better life for me, but all I wanted was their presence. All I wanted was them to be around. I just wanted to go to a ball game with my dad. I just want to lay on the couch and watch some TV with my mom. That's all I really wanted. Those are the, you know, like those are the moments that I recognized would have been the best for me. But their version of what was best for me was giving me money or, or, or being able to buy a house so they could pass it down to me or to, you know, help me buy my first car, which they did. And God bless them. I love them. But they were living their trip. And so when someone hit me with that line it really kind of like rocked me to my core and said holy shit this is absolutely true i, I feel this i don't think this i feel this because man I, that's what i was missing and when my dad my dad was passing away my dad passed away a couple of years ago and when he was passing away i was with him you know by his side basically for this really slow self-inflicted death towards the end of his days he said to me well i'm um." you know, I'm really sorry that I wasn't able to buy you these things and give you these things and give you an inheritance and buy you a house. I'm really sorry. And he started going off. I'm like, whoa, chill. I'm like, dude, chill for a second. I just want to be here with you. That's why I'm here with you right now. We're just hanging out. I just wanted you to be around. I just wanted you to take me to that ballgame. My dad never took me to that ballgame. So that's all I really wanted from. So I try to calm him down and cool him out and say, hey man, none of that was necessary but it wasn't enough man he still he was still dealing with this trip because it was too late at that point you know he couldn't shift his perspective because his narrative was so deeply rooted cuz all he had when he was confined to a hospital bed was his narrative so he got to just repeat and repeat and repeat and you keep repeating it and it becomes your reality and you can't step away from that for a second you're trying to go to sleep to let it go and you wake up and it's there again there's no relief that's torture that's incarceration so even though I shared my perspective with him. It wasn't enough to shift his perspective, but I was okay with that. I was totally okay with that because what was it? It it was just reinforcing my perspective. And that was my liberation. I'm like, holy shit, through his incarceration, I get my liberation. And like, you know, that broke me up a little bit, but I was okay. We were okay. We were on two different sides of the planet, basically. But I was okay with that because I recognized that was it. That was what's up. That was the way it was. I wasn't standing in opposition to it. I was like, okay. If he's having his trip, it's okay. You know, I'm going to have mine. I recognized something else through those moments. I recognized that I had a lot of the same characteristics as him. Obviously, we shared DNA, but there were certain behavioral and ideological characteristics that I shared with him, and that made me uncomfortable. But I also recognized which path I would rather pursue based on their habits and interactions with me and with the world outside. I recognized that, hey, my dad's path, probably not for me. That's a beautiful learning lesson because I get to understand what not to be, where not to go. So they both gave me beautiful lessons. One way resonated with me more than the other. But I recognized that I was carrying a lot of unconsciousness from both of them. And that scared the shit out of me because I understood that if I want the best for my kids, just like my parents wanted the best for me, they were going about it through their perspective. I recognize that if I want the best for my kids, I should let them be free. Heard another good quote. If you want to help your kids out, do as little as possible for them. Sounds counterintuitive and it's very hard to do as any parent knows, but it's ultimately true. And we could definitely dig into that in a moment. But what I want to share is that doing as little as possible for them allows them to just be free birds and just do their thing. And you're still there as a parent to provide some sense of structure so they don't beat themselves up too hard and being free. But ultimately you recognize that it's the highest quality by letting them have their free will to the highest degree possible. They will be able to hit this flow we speak of. They'll be able to get in sync with the harmony of it all much quicker and easier then if I try to put my concept of what's best for them onto them, because then I find myself limiting them. And if they get to experience that often and early and more and more and more, then they'll foster that connection much quicker, hopefully, than I ever was able to. If I'm even able to and to what degree. But I recognize that, hey, man, I'm, I'm carrying around a lot of these habits and thoughts that aren't mine that belong to my parents, that belong to my environment, that belong to all of these mechanisms outside of myself that were softly conditioning me, whether by choice or by force, is secondary almost. But I recognize that it's not innately me. Some of this stuff, just like my name, was given to me and given to me and given to me. And then I've just I've got caught up in over-identifying with it all. That I recognize, man, I'm gonna do the same thing to my kids. How do I not do this to my kids? That scared the shit out of me. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, rate, and share so that we could do our part in spreading the light and diminishing the darkness.